Uh, we'll get that down one day. Welcome back to the Hangover. I'm Daniel, alongside with Shannon White. Uh, how how you doing, Shannon? I'm doing good. How you doing? Oh, it's a, it's another great day out in the in South Texas, heating up. So yeah. it's not too bad. But um, hey, there's been some moves. Pittsburgh Steelers have made some cuts. Oh yeah. Uh, there's some that well, maybe surprising, maybe not. We'll go through them. Uh, but before we go into the cuts, I want to talk about the trade. The Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. trade, left guard, Kevin Dodson to the Los Angeles Rams for a couple of um, swap picks, fourth and fifth round next next year, and then a fifth and a sixth round one year. What, what are your thoughts on the trade? Well, I think it's a good development because, to me, that means that the stars are very comfortable with their offensive line depth. Uh, specifically Spencer Anderson, who was our Brett Kiesel award winner and who is incredibly versatile and talented, who I think can be a future starter for the Steelers. So I I didn't want anything that would have a chance of maybe causing him to try to be put on the practice squad because he won't make it. Mm. There's offensive linemen are in demand, especially versatile, and he's the ultimate versatile offensive lineman. So uh, I think that Dodson had already been passed on the depth chart by Spencer Anderson. And we've seen two ways to handle a positional challenge. Dan Moore Jr. knew that when they drafted Broderick Jones that, you know, his position was in jeopardy. So what did he do? He, he got a... He was already on his diet plan. He had a dietitian. He had a workout specific regimen to increase his upper body and his his definition and his functional core strength. And he worked hard. Then he then he started working on learning to play the right side as well. Because he's like, hey, if this rookie's gonna take my position, I'm gonna compete for right tackle. He did everything right. He's come to camp, and he stood out. And not, he's played so good that Roderick Jones can't pass him. So the guy they bring in to be his replacement is probably going to sit behind him for a while. Yeah. Now, Dan Moore, they bring in Nate Herbig, and they tell him, no, he's a backup. Don't worry about it. Then they, they bring in Isaac Samalu, and they don't say anything because you're not bringing Somalo in to sit. I mean, this guy's yeah. one of the best guards in the in the NFL. So what does Kevin Dodson do? He kind of sucks. He kind of, oh, woe is me to the media. He doesn't – I don't think the Steelers have ever been impressed with his work ethic. Mm-hmm. And he's not a good fit for this zone blocking scheme, especially outside zone that the Steelers are wanting to do. So there was always that chance that they would try to move him if they had another option, a viable option. Well, I think Spencer Anderson and Dylan Cook and maybe even Kendrick Green, which we'll talk about later, (laughs) might be that viable option. So they got seen an opportunity to somebody who might not have made the roster to trade him and get some compensation. So by swapping a fourth and a fifth, it doesn't seem like a big deal. But the Rams look pretty bad. And if they have as bad a season as they 
may have. That could be an early fourth round pick, similar to what happened with the Chicago Bears pick for Chase Claypool. Ended up being like a second first round pick for the Steelers. This pick could be early fourth. And we know that the Steelers do really well in that range in the draft. So, um, and then of course they swap a fifth and a sixth the next year. So I think the Steelers uh, were very smart. Con worked his magic to make sure they got some compensation for a player that they've honestly had a few years worth of investment in. And you hate to see a guy walk and you get nothing for him. Yeah, 100%. You know, also what it does is it gives Con more of an ability to maybe make some more moves. You know, this past draft, you know, it cost the Pittsburgh Steelers a fourth rounder to move up and get Broderick Jones. So, you know, that is basically having – you know, that expense already paid in case the Steelers do want to move up back into the top 15 or or whatever. Hopefully the Steelers are way far back <laughs> drafting at the end. The and, 30s. Yeah, 30, 32. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and they're trying to move like at 20 or something and they need a fourth round or fifth, you know, somewhere around there. So it, it could trade, in my opinion, you hit the nail on the head. I think that Kevin Dodson, just his heart wasn't in Pittsburgh anymore. You know, he just didn't want to be there. He kind of started to remind me of like Devin Bush, just his attitude. The, you know, is just things like that. (laughs) He was just, his heart wasn't there. And, you know, I think you're right about the work ethic aspect of it. You know, Mike Tomlin had him go through a battle with Kendra Green last year. Mm -hmm. Last year, Kendra Green, looked bad throughout the entire preseason this year he had an okay game i think um but you know last year the way kendrick Plain was was playing he should have nowhere in a competition with him and he was and so i think that had more to do with the fact that maybe the steelers just didn't see you know the light at the end of the tunnel with kendrick green i mean with uh, kevin dotson and so i like to trade I think it's a good move. Uh, do you think he's got an opportunity to start there in Los Angeles, or do you think he's just going to be depth back there? I'm not really that familiar with uh, the Rams and their blocking schemes right now. If they are a, a more of a power blocking scheme, I think he could be a great pickup for them, and it might help him. Uh, but when Pat Meyer came in last year with his zone blocking and – you need to have some mobility. If you watch the other night, Kendrick Green, they, I think they give him another chance, another chance to show what he can do with the starters. And he come out, and he's very good on combo blocks because he's quick. And he's good at getting off those combo blocks and getting to the second level. He's good in outside zone. Now, if you leave him matched up against length and power right over him, Right over his nose, he struggles. That So, I don't think he can be a full-time guard. I still believe he doesn't have the length. But in situations, maybe as a fill-in, like he did uh, on Thursday against the Falcons, I believe he could do those, fulfill those assignments. You know, combo blocks, reach the second level, um, 
breach blocks. And as long as you keep the, the size of power right off the top of him, I think he would be okay. We also know that he has incredible difficulty snapping the football consistently. So do you really, is there a spot on the roster for a guy that really is not a reliable backup center and he's too small to play guard full time? I would rather see him give an opportunity to a guy like Dylan Cook, who has really stood out the last two weeks of camp and the last two preseason games. He can play guard. He can play tackle. He's got great length, really long arms. He's got a lot of potential. At this point, we kind of know what Kendrick Green is. Right. So, um, but I do think that that this might be what Dotson needed because he was not a good fit uh, any longer for the Steelers' offensive line. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But when it comes to Kendrick Green, what do you think is going on right now? Do you think the Steelers are trying to make a move for a trade? Do you think he's going to be uh, cut this year? Or do you think that they're going to give him another year? Despite what you think of him? There's teams like the Buccaneers need a center bad. Mm-hmm. They put their starting center on season in an hour this week. Uh, oh, Jensen. So yeah. there's there's teams that are really needing offensive linemen. Uh, that's why I, it didn't shock me Dotson got traded because there's a lot of teams needing them. The problem is I don't think there's any value in Kendrick Green because anybody that will t- pick him up sees the same thing we do. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at him as a center. And he can't stand. Right. Guys get the yips in in baseball, free throw shooting in basketball. Some guys just they get the yips and they just they it seems so simple and they can't fulfill that responsibility. And that's where I think he is at snapping the ball. I think it's mm-hmm. mental. He'll do okay for a while, and then he just uh, it'll be a cluster of them. So yeah. um I don't think they can trade him, but I think that. Tomlin's kind of stuck. He likes him. They picked him in the third round. They've invested in him. Uh, I think he said, here's your chance. Go out there and show what you can do with the starters. And he played well. So it's kind of like, yeah, you played well, but it's too little, too late. We're going to cut you. I I think that's why they're waiting and they're trying to make that decision because I think Tomlin's torn. That's a good point. That's a fair point. I think you're you're probably hit the nail on the head on that one when it comes to Kendrick Green. Um, he's one guy that I do think that is on the bubble. If um, if anything else, he's probably there on the cusp of mm. either making the team or getting cut. Uh, it'll be interesting what the Pittsburgh Steelers do. Uh, another interesting thing is, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers release was it Morgan Tan- Tanner Morgan, quarterback, fourth string guy, he stayed. Yeah. With Mason Rudolph, do you think Mason Rudolph uh, does that guarantee his spot on the team? Yeah, I mean, I think he was already set those top three quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tanner Morgan was not going to make it. One funny, what's the interesting thing? If you've been reading or paying attention, the Arizona Cardinals quarterback situation is a mess because mm-hmm. Murray's going to miss a lot, if not all, this season. They were going to start the season with veteran Colt McCoy. They just released him. They traded for uh, Josh uh, Dobbs, mm-hmm. you know, who used to be uh, a Steeler. They traded yeah. for him just last week, and they've got two rookies, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
if they want, if the Steelers wanted to move Mason Rudolph or Mitch Trubisky, this could be a great opportunity to maybe get, you know, value that you normally wouldn't get out of a team like the Cardinals who are a little desperate for a quarterback. I mean, if to me, if they go into this season with the quarterbacks they've got right now, knowing that Murray's going to miss most of the season, they're definitely in the Caleb Williams uh, sweepstakes this year. They're trying to tank to finish, right. you know, with a record good enough to get that first overall pick. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I can see the Steelers just sticking with the status quo, but they might get some real value out of Rudolph right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was hearing, that there's been a little bit of rumor there that a rumbling that he could get moved. But there's always that debate for the last couple of years, the uh, you know Mason Rudolph trade debate. Is he going to get traded to mm-hmm. you know, whichever team had an, an injured quarterback? And thus far, it hasn't happened. Um, we'll see. Um, you know, he was available in the free agent market. He was actively looking. He didn't get picked up. I don't know if he did enough this preseason to show that he's a better quarterback than what he's been. I think it's been a lot more of the same, you know, expectation. He can throw the ball deep, accurate. Um, you know, it looks like he may have cleaned up the the happy feet, but he still throws underneath quite a bit. And so he is what he is, in my opinion. Uh, what were your thoughts on the Atlanta Falcons game? I want to touch on that before we get into uh, our predictions on the 53. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers go in there, absolutely first team demolishes the Atlanta Falcons. What were your thoughts and your opinions on, on that Thursday night game? I was really disappointed when, you know, about three hours before the game, the Falcons announced they weren't going to play their starters. Because – I think the Steelers starters would have wiped up the floor with Atlanta starters. Mm -hmm. I just believe that the Steelers are the superior team, the roster right now. But going up against the second, it was like a glorified practice or a scrimmage. And they were sharp. I mean, all preseason Pickett's been on. I mean, he's, he's seeing the field just really good. Uh, his play ball placement is spot on, very accurate. He has more zip on the ball. Uh, Johnson and Pickens looks like they're going to be a handful for any secondary. And we finally got to see Najee Harris get in there and establish something and get more than two or three plays. <laughs> and he, uh, I thought that he looked really good on the screen. One thing about it this preseason. We're seeing the Steelers actually throwing effective screen pass, which yeah. we have not seen in years. And they're yeah. selling them really well. And then they're doing something after they get the ball. And Harris had that really good catch and run. He had another couple of good runs. All three running backs on the depth chart got a touchdown. And the offensive line looked really good, even with Kendra Green in there. So yeah, I, I was pretty – sold on the defense already, but I wanted to see that offensive line and the running game established itself. And, and and they went through Atlanta like they wasn't there. So I was I was really pleased uh with what I seen and um I, I think they're ready as they're gonna be for the Niners in the start of the regular season. 
I agree with you. I think that they are ready. I like everything you, you said. That was, I couldn't say it better. I think Darnell Washington, though, he's going to be a real problem in the red zone. And I think he's going to, he, he drew so many pass interference penalties mm. in the end zone. I think that's going to be a real problem for whoever tries to match up and because you just can't match up with him. He's a mountain. And so oh, yeah. I'm, ex- I'm excited about this team. I'm excited where they're going. You know, defensively, they look good as well. Um, it, it looked like it was supposed to. You know, you yeah. can't mm-hmm. you can't take away from what they did based on the fact that Atlanta decided to play their second string. It, to me, if it didn't look like this, there would be a concern. And so that's what a a team on the rise with a really improved roster like Pittsburgh. That's what the starters should look like going against the backups of another team. Now, we've seen the Steelers not always do that in that similar situation. But they were really focused. They were really crisp. And like you said, that's what it should have looked like. Yeah, 100%. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about our 53-man prediction and who's going to be here, who's going to be gone. We're also going to talk about a little contest that's going on with Fans First Sports Network. You could end up going to that Steelers versus 49er game. Uh, Don't go away. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. And we're back. Welcome, everybody, uh, to The Hangover. We're talking about the 53-man prediction. But before we go into it, I want to remind you guys about the uh, giveaway that is currently going on with Fans First Sports Network. So so here's how it goes. It goes, we are doing a – all right, sorry about that. (laughs) Attention, sports fans. Are you a fan of the NFL team and you love to attend your favorite team's week one game? Well, you're in luck. With Fans First Sports Network is giving away four free tickets to the week one NFL game of your choice up to $5,000. The rules are simple. Go to contest.fansfirstsports.com and fill out the appropriate information. Find us on Facebook and like our page. That's it. Once you've done that, you've been officially registered to win four free tickets to any week one NFL game. What are you waiting for? Go enter for your shot at seeing your favorite team in action. Contest ends September 4th, so you still have time. Remember, go to contest.fansfirstsports.com and fill out the appropriate information. You you might be out there week one watching the Pittsburgh Steelers take on the uh, San Francisco 49ers. And then so. they can come back and tell us about it. <laughs> I yeah. wanted to. I wish I could have entered, man. I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> well, good luck. Good luck to everybody. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Let us know if you guys did that as well. Um, we want – this is going across every uh, sports podcast on the Fans First uh, Sports Network. And so, uh, you know, it's just – it's other fans from other teams that are going to get involved. We'd like to see a Steelers fan go, so make sure you guys go and check it out. I admit I want to see a Steelers fan win this. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. That way, you can you know email us or you know yeah. t- uh, Twitter us, you know your experience and how it went. Yep. We'd appreciate that. All right, so there's been a couple of cuts. Um, we'll talk about the uh, the first group of cuts that occurred, and then we'll get into that. You know who's going to end up staying or going because there's quite a few cuts that continue to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Cabali came out. I think it was what on on Saturday. Kind of made a statement that. Mm-hmm. The first line of cuts, there was a surprise there. 
Now, Hula's cut was cornerback uh, Madre Harper, defensive back Novell Clark, defensive lineman James. Oh wow, Neil Monwa. <laughs> Apologize, <Good> man. <laughs> uh, kicker BT Potter, linebacker Kung Ying Den, Fulst Ryan, uh, long snapper Rex Sunhara, and wide receiver Dan Chris Senna. I don't see anything surprising about that list. Uh, yeah, but I know you, why he said that. Why that? What's going on? Earlier that day, Gentry was walking around with a boot on. Mm-hmm. You know, one of them walking boots. And he had a slight sprain or foot sprain or whatever. And they asked Tomlin about it after practice. And Tomlin said, oh, it's nothing. He's fine. So it's just probably a little sprain, a ding. And, but I think Cowboy seen him in that and thought, Oh, he's injured, and he's going to be one of the initial – because none of those eight guys are were a surprise at all. No, they weren't. Do you think maybe he got some some intel that Kevin Dotson wasn't going to be on the team? Maybe not no, so I, much, I, I but it was he, a trade. I, I totally think that he's seen Gentry. But, see, he has that access that we don't. Right. And I think he's seen that, and he put two and two together. And, you know, we got – there's certain words that if you include in your tweet, it, you know, it attracts a lot of attention and stunning, surprising when you're talking about, you know, cut downs, uh, it gets a lot of attention. Yeah. No, I, I imagine, I think he got retweeted quite a bit. Yeah. Everybody was waiting with anticipation and were severely deflated. (laughs) Well, maybe, maybe not deflated. Like, relieved could be the word because who knows yeah, who that yeah. is you know what i'm saying so uh the next day wide receiver cruz shank it was cut and then the following day kenny robinson a safety linebacker toby naduki um quarterback tanner morgan defensive lineman manny jones cornerback lovert hill running back to harrius higgins safety uh, jalen elliott offensive line william dunkel Offensive line, LaRaven Clark, and linebacker, Tanner Muse. Now, I, I know you were pretty high on Tanner Muse. What, what are your thoughts on on his on his cut? There's still not – there still hasn't been anybody released that was really surprising. Right. Um, which, to me, I thought Kenny Robertson would have probably made it more towards the end of the cuts. Mm-hmm. Because Kenny had a really strong camp. Of course, they had guys out. You know, we know that Fitzpatrick missed a lot of camp. Kazee missed a lot of camp. Neil missed a good bit of camp. And that let Robertson get a lot of playing time. And Kenny Robertson really looked good. But if you noticed in these preseason games, things I noticed about him at West Virginia, he's still doing it. Like, a lot of times... He, for some reason, he turns his back when he tackles. Hmm. He he will end up hitting the, the guy uh, instead of maybe lowering the head, which he shouldn't do. He'll hit him with the back of his shoulder. And I've seen he bounce off a couple of tackle attempts. Hmm. And, and I think that that was probably his biggest weakness in camp was I heard whispers about his physicality. And one way that shows up, if you're kind of scared to hit people, yeah, you might get away with it if you're a shutdown cornerback, but you're not going to get away with it at safety. 
So, but Tanner Muse, I thought because he's such a good special teams player and the Steelers like to go five or six deep a lot of times at inside linebacker, I thought Tanner Muse would replace, say, Marcus Allen last year. Mm -hmm. And Muse had a couple of good preseason game performances on defense in a row. Now, he's not physical like the guys they have now. They brought in guys that are very physical. And Muse is not. Muse is more of a hybrid, a inside linebacker, safety hybrid. And he uses his speed in his coverage and, you know, running plays down. Uh, I guess that he didn't do that good enough. I still feel like the Steelers will keep more than four inside linebackers. They won't dress more than four, but I think they'll keep five. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless they decide to, say, keep Nick Kwiatkowski, who's from Pittsburgh, and, you know, former Mountaineer as well. Maybe they keep him. Maybe try to put him on the practice squad. I don't know. But, yeah, Tanner Muse getting cut surprised me a little bit. Yeah, you know, when it came to to Tanner Muse, I thought the same things. I thought, you know, he was a guy that possibly could replace a Marcus Allen or, or be a special teams, you know, ace. I thought he played okay. I do think that Nick Kwiatkowski, though, I think he flashed a little bit when he was out there. He looked very fast, very physical. Yeah, he did. Um, I, I thought that he was um, – no, there's a weird noise. I thought that he I'm was – I'm sorry. That, that's, I should have hit – it's a noise here. Oh, okay. I thought it was in my room. Um, I got I got kind of nervous. I thought it was my washer and dryer. Uh, you know, I thought Nick Kukowski had a uh, – I know he had a bit of an injury towards the end there, but I thought that he – uh, played very well when he was out there. He looked very fast. Yeah, uh, he's not cut yet. I think he. Do you think he could be a guy that ends up making the team? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, if they keep five, I think he makes it. Mm-hmm. If they only keep four, I think they'll try to put him on the practice squad. He was. He looked really good that first preseason game, and then he he was he dove to try to deflect the pass, and he landed wrong, and he kind of sprained his shoulder. It obviously wasn't a severe separation because, you know, he didn't have to have anything done and he's back now. But yeah, I, mean, I think he has a really good chance of making it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see him on the team. I think he, I think he does have an opportunity. All right, let's go through this. Let's talk about, you know, who's remaining on the team and, and who we think are, are going to be on there. So we, the Steelers typically keep nine offensive linemen. Uh, currently, right now, the locks are Dan Moore Jr., Isaac Sayamalu, Mason Cole, James Daniels, Chicks Core Four. I want to say, well, obviously, Broderick Jones, Nate Herbig. And what do you think, Spencer Anderson after that? Yeah, uh, you named seven. And yeah. I think it comes down to Spencer Anderson, Kendrick Green, and Dylan Cole. I mean, Dylan Cook. I don't know why I want to call him Cole. Uh, Dylan Cook, uh, especially with Dotson gone now. Uh, right. They released Dunkel and uh, Lavelle Clark. So they've got, uh, out of the guys they got left, they got 11 guys left, and two of them is going to be cut. 
And I think Spencer Anderson has made the football team. Mm-hmm. I think that they see, uh, I said it last week, uh, a guy that is very familiar with Spencer Anderson told me back when he was drafted that he thinks Spencer Anderson will be a future starter in the NFL. And he believes it'll be at center. Mm-hmm. And we know that Mason Cole has another year and then that could work out perfectly for Anderson to, to move in and be the starting center. Uh, I think he has excellent technique, excellent footwork balance. He's ambidextrous and he has a 9.37 RAS score. So he's very athletic. The only reason that he lasted to the seventh round it's because he's got 32 and a half inch arms. He has the same problem Kendra Green does is that he's a T-Rex. He's got short arms. The difference is Anderson is fundamentally sound in every other aspect. He's 6'5", legit, and he can overcome it. Whereas I don't know if Green can. Because Green's not even quite 6'2". So, um, but... Uh, you know, it's coming down to is the Steelers going to keep Kendrick Green because of his draft pedigree and his athleticism and his experience? Or are they going to keep Dylan Cook, who has excellent length, great wingspan, and is just as versatile? I think he's more versatile because Dylan Cook can play guard or tackle. Which, again, I think if Green's going to play extended minutes ever, he's going to have to be a center. Mm-hmm. And he can't snap. So, to me, it's an obvious choice, but it's all up to what Mike Tomlin thinks. Yeah, yeah. I I, I personally think that um, Spencer Anderson and uh, he's definitely going to be making the team. I don't know. I think Kendra Green. I, I think he's going to find his way onto the team. I think the Steelers are are somewhat excited about the whole fullback use that they can do with him. You know, he's been put in that position quite a bit during training camp and during the, the Friday Night Lights. We didn't see it at all during the preseason, but I think that was because the Steelers kind of wanted him to prove that he could be an offensive lineman first. He and, has you know, to prove it. Yeah, and that last game, he played all right. He, he wasn't the greatest or the best. You know, at times he looked like some little man trying to – hold up a bigger person, uh, but he did all right. He did all right. And so uh, I, I think he's probably offensive lineman number nine if he makes the team and, and on the cusp of, of getting cut. Um, the next, you know, the next one is going to be the wide receiver position. Now, typically in the past few years, the Pittsburgh Steelers have kept six. Do you think that that's going to continue this year? And if so, um, you know, who are your six or five? I would have liked to have seen an upgrade. You know, we mm-hmm. had high hopes for Keem Butler, but, you know, and I, and like I said, I ate crow last week about it because he just don't have a dog in him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got all the talent, but he's just so nonchalant. He's so, you don't see any passion in his game. So he didn't pan out. Well, we knew Cody White really isn't an NFL level athlete. He's a he's a just a solid player, but he doesn't stand out and bring anything to the table. So I think you're going to have, of course, your big three in Dante Johnson, George Pickens, and Allen Robertson. 
Calvin Austin the third is going to be a standout. I said it last year. I still feel that way this year. He brings that speed and elusiveness that the Steelers just haven't had since Mike Wallace. And he is a big play waiting to happen. Get the ball in his hands. Screen, uh, jet sweep, punt return. It doesn't matter. If he if he's even, he's leaving. If he gets the seam, he's gone. And that's awesome. You need that. Uh, you can't always be a 12-play a drive team. you got to get some chuck plays. you got to pick up chuck yardage. Uh, after the first four, nobody stood out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miles Boykin, I'd like to see make it because he's the best gunner in the NFL on kick right. coverage. But he offers nothing as a receiver. I do not understand why, but he just doesn't stand out. Uh, same thing with Gunnar Rosiski. He looks good at training camp, but he get into preseason games, and you know he's just like a little possession receiver. But uh, they kept trying to throw deep to him against Atlanta, and and they never did complete one. And they got a pass interference, but that's not his game. Um, so that that's a position that they might keep six. Those six I just mentioned. But then see after cuts, who becomes available, and one of them guys might be expendable. Who who do you think would be the first one to go? It would depend on what that the other receiver coming in mm-hmm. brings to the equation. Like right. if they're a punt returner or kick return capability, then I think Osewski is gone. Mm-hmm. If if they are more of a uh, special teams performer, then I think that Boykin would would be gone. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You know, I I, th- I thought Boykin would have a better preseason this year. He just wasn't. It just I, don't I, happen. I don't, I'll get it. Yeah, he he kind of just disappeared. He disappeared. Mm-hmm. All right, so we have nine offensive linemen, six wide receivers. Let's get some of the easy ones out of the way. The three quarterbacks, Mason. Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. Obviously, all three are probably going to make the team unless one of the two backups get traded. Mm-hmm. I don't really see that a uh, plausible or a possibility of uh, one of those guys getting traded because then they'd have to go out and get a guy, you know, to replace whoever they lost. Now, depending on the draft, you know, uh, quality that they get back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to end up having to go out to the market and pick up a quarterback that that team that just traded for your quarterback rather have gave up draft capital to give up for your QB than those guys on the street. So you're definitely going backwards, but go ahead. One, one thing I do want to mention, if you've been paying attention to the preseason games, there's been a, a good bit of, uh, you know, a lot of these, because coaches don't want to play their starters, you're mm-hmm. seeing a lot of these backups and fringe guys. Uh, a lot of them from Division Two, or, you know, they're finally getting a chance. And so let's say they do trade Mason Rudolph, like we mentioned at the start of the show. Mm-hmm. Will Greer, because the Dallas Cowboys just picked up Trey Lance from the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Will Greer played the whole game 
the last game for Dallas, and they told him he was going to be cut before the game. He went out and he had an excellent game. Will Greer played at WVU, so I'm very familiar with him. If you could trade Mason Rudolph and then pick up Will Greer if the Cowboys release him, which they're supposedly going to, I would take that any day, all day. Mm-hmm. Because, again, the third quarterback is, you know, the Steelers probably are not going to keep a practice squad quarterback because the way it's set up right now, he wouldn't get hardly any reps to camp during practice. Not camp, but during practices during mm-hmm. the season. So there, whoever that third quarterback, he's going to be like the scout team quarterback, and, you know, he'll still get some reps. So if you bring in a guy like Will Greer, he could get used to the offense. He's got experience. He's a veteran. And you he would be a substantially cheaper. And you could get something out of, say, one of your backups. So I, it's unlikely to happen, but I don't think it's far-fetched or unrealistic to discuss. Well, that's fair. That's fair. And I think I would actually take probably a Will Greer over Mason Rudolph. I think he'd fit the offense a little bit better. He's more agile. And then when, you, like you mentioned, you, you want your third string quarterback to be your scout quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really know how much scouting Mason Rudolph is going to be able to provide for a quarterback like Lamar Jackson or or Desha- <laughs> Deshaun Watson. <laughs> you know, that's gonna be, I don't think that's going to happen. No. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, Will Greer has a little bit more um, – agility and speed that he, I think he could be that scouting quarterback for those, um, you know, those guys that the Steelers are going to play twice a year. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the more important, you know, players, right? The running back position, the Steelers typically take three. Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, top two. A surprise cut for me would be Anthony McFarland. I'm expecting him to be number three. Who do you expect yeah. to be number three? I agree. I agree, Anthony McFarland. He has – he has improved. Like his touchdown run the other night, he really planted and he cut back and he drove and he and he drove across the bodies of some guys on the ground to get that get that ball in the end zone. Something that he had, we've not seen in the past because his specialty is getting outside and using his speed. And we know he is an excellent receiver out of the backfield. He's a terrible matchup for linebackers. If if you if they get him matched up on a linebacker, they're going to go to him, and so yeah, I think he earned it this year. I do not think he's a good kick returner, and and I really don't want to see him returning kicks. Um, I don't know who they're going to use or what the plan is. Um, a guy I'd like to mention is Xavier uh, Valaday. Mm-hmm. I believe if he would have had a full camp with the stores, I think he would have knocked, or he'd had a chance to knock McFarland off the roster. Uh, But now I think he'll probably be a practice squad if he clears waivers. Makes sense. But if if Anthony McFarland doesn't provide any special teams play, does that, you know, he's a a running back three. I would limit him to, and he's he's got specialized skills. I know in the preseason they put him in the goal line, and that's not going to happen in the regular season. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, you're going to have to have a specific package for him of a certain amount of limited plays that you're probably only going to deploy 
a handful of times maybe throughout the game, if if that, maybe two or three plays. Is is a running back three worth the spot for two or three plays a game? No, I think there's a good chance if he doesn't prove that he can handle kick return duties, that he will not dress on game day. Mm. I think Connor Hayward, we've seen the Steelers, and that's what you do in the preseason. You pull everything out of the bag. Yeah, uh, They were running Connor Hayward out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. And he had a couple of nice runs. And he was a running back when he was a freshman at Michigan State. So it would make total sense, even if McFarland makes it, if he proves that he can't be a good kick returner or he isn't effective, that they do not dress him some weeks and just have Connor Hayward as that emergency third down running back. I mean, running back three. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, like like outside Steeler fans says, he's good in Canada's offense here and there. Um, he has the most familiarity with Canada's offense as Canada was his offensive coordinator in Maryland. So you would expect him to have a bigger grasp of the offense and and be able to part, uh, put some good performances out there from the running back position. Um, but speaking of Connor Hayward, let's talk about the tight ends. Uh, Pat Fryer Darnell Washington. I think those guys are locks. Zach Gentry has been rumored. Do you think there is any any truth to that possibility that Zach Gentry doesn't make this team? I think it's going to depend on what the Steelers, who they really want to be this year. Mm-hmm. Now, I was under the impression by the guys they brought in and what they themselves have said, they want to build on the success of the second half of last season. Mm-hmm. Um, I expected a lot of two tiny end sets, especially uh, even three in putting Firemuth in the slot. And I, to do that, you would need Washington and Gentry. And late in games, if you get the lead, you could really have some versatility there, do a lot of play action off that heavy package, and control the, uh, the clock and run out the clock at the end of games. If they are wanting to be, you know, it really improve a lot and throw the ball more than maybe what we're expecting, I guess that might make Gentry expendable. But I think Gentry, as the tight end three, has more value than, say, a wide receiver five or wide receiver six has on this roster at the moment. Because those guys are mainly going to be blockers if it's anything like last year, because as we said, Boykin and Oshevsky do not do much in the receiving mm-hmm. game. Right. Whereas Gentry can offer something and he's a- actually a very good blocker. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of holding my breath to see. I think they'll answer that question, whether Gentry makes the team or not. But one thing I am really interested in, and I wanted to mention it, because we keep talking about Green, maybe mm-hmm. getting some play at fullback. Somebody brought up today in my article, a discussion thread, that they'd like to see Darnell Washington at fullback. <laughs> now, you think about this, dude. Mount Washington, that man is immense. He is huge. Yeah, He is so athletic, and he is so strong that he is collapsing two linemen He'll collapse whatever side he's on because he'll take out two guys. 
Because mm-hmm. that's how good a blocker he is. I'd like to see him with a full head of steam meet some guy in the hole or, you know, set that edge. Uh, <laughs> Washington might just take somebody apart. Yeah. So, you know, I know we're talking about Kendrick Green, and I, I've said I'd like to see Nate Herbie. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, Connor Hayward's going to get some H back work there. But mm-hmm. I would like to see Darnell Washington go ahead and just declete somebody. That that would be crazy. I mean, could you imagine? Because he's also going to be going up against, you know, inside linebackers, yeah. uh, cornerback safeties that are coming up into the box. He's not oh. going to be going up against, you know, defensive linemen in that situation. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think he could do some damage in that position 100%. Um, but you brought up a good a good, uh, a good piece right there when you mentioned it depends on what the Steelers want to do this year. If they end up releasing Gentry, that kind of gives us an idea that they want to maybe put the ball in the air a little bit more. Mm-hmm. If the preseason is an indication of what we're to expect, um, we would expect to see that the Steelers are going to put the ball in the air more. Which running back would be more better suited for that type of offense, Najee Harris or Jalen Warren? Well, they both are excellent receivers. Mm-hmm. The uh, They're both can block in pass protection, although Warren is the better blocker. Mm-hmm. Warren is like one of the most fun things on any Sunday afternoon is him in, in pass protection. And he decletes these guys because they don't see him. And they come through the line full speed, blitzing, and he catches them. And where he's shorter, and he catches them up under the chin. And he just lays them out. I mean, I keep waiting on a penalty, but he can't help where he hits them because he's short. But, um, again, I think you need both of them because Harris is a natural pass catcher. Mm-hmm. If, if you watch him – he has very good hands. He has reach. He's tall. Harris has good height, 6'2", I think. And mm-hmm. he has soft hands. And some of the big touchdowns to pick it through towards the end of last year were two Harris. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think that both of them would be a good fit if the stores decide to throw more. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, Najee did have that big catch against the – uh, in Baltimore against the Ravens to yep. for the game winner. So good under pressure, you know, proven track record. It's a good problem for the Steelers to have. I know there's a big debate going on out there. You know, who's the better running back? Who should be running back one? So on and so on. I will say that I think that the carries should be a little bit more even still on the favor of Najee, maybe like 65-35 or 60-40, something to that expect. 60-40 sounds good. Yeah, you know, I think that would be a good split there for – you know, between Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. And like I said, it's a good problem to have. And at the end of the game, I think Najee's just going to be a finisher. You know, once yeah. the Steelers have just yeah. gone up and down the field, tired out the offense or the defense, and this defense conducting more than likely some three and outs or turnover, keeping the opposing defense on the field, you know, at the end of games, Najee's just going to take over. Uh, yeah. I like the way this team is going. All right, so... <clears throat> The fullback position, typically they keep one. I think they're going to be using Connor Hayward for that position so we can kind of scratch that one out. Yeah, just scratch Uh, out fullback and put H back. That's all you got to do. (laughs) For sure, for sure. (laughs) So here's where it gets, um, I guess, starts to get a little dicey. Seven defensive linemen. And currently they have 
Larry Ogunjobi, Keanu Benton, Cam Hayward, DeMarvin Leal, Martavius Adams, uh, Isaiah Loudermilk, Brandon Fihoko, and Armin Watts in the mix there. And so that is, what is that, eight, eight. that are fighting for seven slots. Mm-hmm. T- Terrell Austin already said that one guy might not make the team, right? Where do you see the cut coming from in this with this group of guys? Well, I've said it for two weeks now, and I'm sticking with it. I I think that Montrevious Adams is a defensive end. He's a quick twitch pass rusher. He does not anchor well um, against the running game. He cannot take on double teams at all. Um, so I think all seven guys make it, and Montrevious Adams is the odd man out. I agree. I think Adams might be that odd man out. Uh, do you think? Do you see the Steelers being able to move him? Is he a guy that could be trade capital before the deadline on the fifty-three tomorrow? No, I think there's going to be guys cut mm-hmm. in final cut downs around the league that are better than Montrevious Adams. Uh, Montrevious Adams, we got to remember he was on the Saints practice squad when we took him. That's we true. poached him um, because the that was the worst Steelers run defense in my lifetime. That, that was an embarrassment, uh, you know, a couple of years ago there when they finished last in run defense, which is hard for me to even fathom a Steelers team ever finished last in run defense. But, you know, Chris Wormley just was not the answer. Uh, Alulu was lost through the year with a broken leg, and they really didn't have um, – they had Isaiah Bugs, who's – Played well for Detroit, but mm-hmm. he did not. He was not a good fit for the Steelers, and he was dealing with some injuries. Uh, and Adams helped there towards the end of the year uh, when he come in, but you could tell he's not a true nose tackle. He cannot anchor against double teams, and he's made the team because he's he's quick twitch, and he can give them some pass rush. But I, I just don't think he's a good fit, um, and and so I expect him to be the odd man out. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I, I think that Isaiah Loudermilk was a guy that going into training camp was yeah. maybe on the cusp, but I think he's he's had a good training camp. I think he's played well in preseason, has improved his um, run-stopping ability. And, I, you know, they gave up basically two draft picks for him. They gave up the pick yeah. they drafted and the pick that they gave up to move up in the draft for him. So, you know, there's a lot invested there. I think he's going to end up making the team as well. He really yeah. stepped up this preseason. Yeah. He really did. I thought he was gone. I really did. And he's he is proving me wrong. Uh, even if you watch him in the preseason games, you know, a lot of times we'll talk about a guy looks good at camp, mm-hmm. but he's looked good and stout in the preseason game, and his hand fighting is much improved. He makes an impact now. In the past, he danced. You know, he looked like he was wrestling just dancing there like a big bear. But now he's actually making some penetration, turning guys, you know, with his strength and his length and his, and his uh, uh, the power in his hand. So I, I'm impressed by Loudermilk. I think he makes it. Yeah, I am too. I think like I echo everything that you just said. The outside linebacker position is typically four players, and if that ends up being the case, this is a no-brainer. Yeah, T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, Nick Hervig, Marcus Golden. Do you think that 
there's any possibility of David Perales, who I think played decent this um, preseason, mm-hmm. or you know Quincy Roche have it, uh, you know, an opportunity to make that five outside linebackers, or do you think that those two gentlemen are going to be cut at the end of the day? No, I think it's the big four, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I would like to see Perales uh, maybe get a uh, practice squad. Yeah, because uh, I think he's he's really showed you know. Great hustle, great work ethic, uh, great. Yeah, I, I think that it's the big four, uh, and I don't, I don't think they'll keep five. These guys that are being waited on to the last minute to be cut, typically that's a tactic, right, from the team to try to get them on the practice squad. You know, they don't want somebody mm-hmm. to, to be out there on the market for a long period of time. Those that were cut early, uh, they're like, hey, go try your luck somewhere else, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're giving Tanner Muse a chance to catch on somewhere, and, and I think that's that's just ethical. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, um, <clears throat> inside linebacker, that one's going to be uh, interesting as well. You have Cole Holcomb, you know, and Landon Roberts, Mark Robinson, and Quan Alexander. Nick Kwiatkowski is the uh, fifth guy on the. You know, depth chart. Does he make the team? And does he, if he does, do you think he dresses? Does he see Sundays or is he a guy that's not dressing just there because they need a fifth linebacker in case? I would thought, I actually thought Muse would be the fifth inside guy instead mm-hmm. of Kwiatkowski because Kwiatkowski mm-hmm. got hurt like we talked about. But now Muse is gone. So it could be Kwiatkowski. Or they could try to put him on the practice squad and see how things go. You know, if there's an injury or something, then bring him up. Um, but I think it's the big four again. And uh, Kwiatkowski is very good on special teams as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is a chance they will keep him to play the Marcus Allen of last year. That guy who don't do a lot on defense but is on all the special teams units. Yeah. That could be Nick Kwiatkowski this year. Yeah, but that's what I was going to ask you. If if he ends up, you know, getting cut or, you know, somebody picks him up and doesn't make it to the practice squad, who's replacing Marcus Allen and his con- contributions to the special teams? Well, I mean, there's there's different candidates. Um, you know, Mark Robertson didn't dress last year mm-hmm. very often till later in the season. I think he dresses this year. I think he is part of the rotation. Yeah. And then, so he could fill uh, Marcus Allen's position, uh, a special teams guy, because Robertson actually has some value on defense. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Mark, Mark Robinson looks like, you know, maybe just a little bit more development, maybe another year under his belt. I think he's going to be a starter capable, you know, interior linebacker. He gives me, when he hits people, he looks like a like a little bit smaller version of James Harrison, but he also gives me the uh, Vince Williams vibe as far as wanting to be a thumper and putting his head up there into the uh, pile. I really, really like uh, Mark Robinson. I think he's going to have a fear for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He is actually way ahead of where I thought he would be. Uh, mm-hmm. The way they're using him in coverage, they're letting him cover the back out of the backfield. So yeah. if the back comes out, he shadows him. If he stays in, he, he can rush the passer. Um, he's actually looked like he's not lost in zone this year, which right. is a big step forward. Uh, he's very physical. 
I'm going to throw out a name that some of the older guys will know, but Sam Mills. If you watch any clip of Sam Mills and watch Mark Robertson, you'll see the same intensity, about the same size, and you'll see the same instincts. Instincts is a word that you have to use for inside linebackers that a lot of people forget. And Mark Robertson has excellent instincts for the position. So he's not starter yet, but he definitely is rotational. That makes sense. That makes sense. I agree with you. So we have cornerback. Typically, it's between five and six players. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Steelers, given the fact that, you know, I think they're going to be going with about six cornerbacks. What do you think? They go six or five? Oh, you know, it's so disappointing, Corey Trace. I, I say it every time we talk about cornerbacks, but yeah, I thought that he would be in that mix for sure. He, 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 I was just so impressed with him. And then, of course, the knee injury. Yeah. Um, it turns out that there's a positive problem and that Sullivan has been better than I expected. When they mm-hmm. picked up Sullivan, from, you know, who was the free agent with the Viking last year, I looked at him, I was like, oh, my gosh, he's terrible. But, again, he was not part of a very good defense in Minnesota. Right. In Pittsburgh, with better talent around him, he has looked much better. So I think that with Sullivan and Elijah Riley, who is a slot corner slash safety, you have the best of both worlds. So I think slot corner should be much better this year than it was last year with Millette. Mm-hmm. And Peterson can drop in there too if you're pay- playing a team that you feel like you need his experience. So um, I think James Pierre is a much – I think the Steelers like Pierre more than the fan base does. Because mm-hmm. I've went back and watched it. They're like, we give up 12 completions and uh, uh, he gets four, 15 attempts. and But a lot of times it was third and eight. He gave up a six-yard completion, and he tackled the catch short of the first down. The defense gets off the field, guys. You know, as long as you're a good tackler, which he is, you're saying, well, you give up the completion, that's only half the story. Mm -hmm. So I think we'll see real defense now that the regular season, not this vanilla defense. I think we're going to see a more aggressive uh, coverages with press coverage mixed in. And I think you're going to see a different mindset from all the defensive backs, including Pierre. So um, I'm pretty satisfied with what they have. If they can pick up an upgrade after cuts, you know, they might look at it. Yeah. But I think their their defensive backs are pretty set right now. Yeah. And just to kind of go through them, you have Levi Wallace, James Pierre, uh, where's Patrick Peterson, Joey Porter Jr., Oh, man, I'm getting lost on my my deal here. Uh, and then you have Shannon Sullivan, Elijah Riley. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be listing him as a defensive back because he can play safety and he can play cornerback. And so I think he was my dark horse for, you know, person to make the 53 before training camp started. I think he's shown up. He's had big plays in training camp. He's had interceptions during preseason games in pressure moments. One of his interceptions was a, uh, a tip off of Cole Holcomb into yep. the end zone, uh, but he was in the end zone and in that pressure moment was able to turn that field around. So 
I, I think he ends up making the team as well. Um, for safety, I think it's pretty – I think maybe they go with three here if you're going to go with an Elijah Riley. And you have DeMonte Casey, Fitzpatrick, Keanu Neal. Oh, and Miles Killebrew. He makes it for special teams purposes. Definitely, definitely. I, do, I don't think Trey Norwood is making the 53. What do you think? Not, not this year. Yeah, I, I hate it because I really like him. He's an outstanding young man. Uh, very intelligent, very versatile, but he never recovered his speed. Mm-hmm. And if you the plays, the big plays that he's given up is not because that he was out of position. It's that he just did not have the athleticism and speed to make the play. You know, he, you know, and, and that's sad, but it, it is the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, you know, only the elite, the 1% can play in the NFL. I think he could have before his injury, but he never fully recovered. So, yeah, I agree. The, the I always thought he was a liability over the top. Yeah. Um, especially after Gabe Davis in Buffalo just scorched him for a 98 yarder. He was, yeah. you know, the, the thing is, the same thing happened to him against Buffalo the year before. The only difference was and Josh the Allen. Chargers. Uh huh. Uh, yeah, the, the difference was Josh Allen overthrew uh, Emmanuel Sanders, who had him beat. And Emmanuel Sanders isn't as fast as he was during that time. You know, he's no, no. already he was already up there in his career. I think that was right before his retirement. And so, you know, if he went up against somebody like a Calvin Austin or or a uh, no, no. Jamar Chase or any of these guys that are are quick, it, it's, it's going to be a nightmare. So. Uh, and obviously, kicker, punt, returner, and long snapper. I think those are set in stone. Mm-hmm. You mentioned earlier that you had a uh, article written on fans first uh, on steelcurtainnetwork.com. Can, can you remind us what that article is about and where they can find it? Yeah, it posted uh, this morning on Steel Curtain Network, of course, on fans first. Um, it's just the normal steel or stock report article. And um, uh, so, talk about who stocks up. Who stocks down? Talked about Kendrick Green, and and we're not quite sure what to think about his stock right now. But uh, uh, and also, I always like to put a few little observations and tidbits in there that some people might find interesting. So definitely check that out. Awesome, awesome. Go check that out. The link to the uh, SteelCurtainNetwork.com is in the description. Just click that; that'll take you there. It's a quick, easy way to get there. Uh, but with that being said. Shannon will be on Pump Your Breaks on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. I'll be on the audio side only for State of the Steelers on Friday at noon. Make sure you go catch it. That being said, uh, Shannon, take us out. <laughs>